Yeah, what a do, baby. How y'all doing today? My name is James Sadowski, coming at you live with another episode to add to the list. And today, we're talking sports. More importantly, we're talking Eagles football, NBA basketball, and more to come with the NFL season. Let's get right to it. All right, guys. So today, there's a lot going on, right? The Eagles are 1-3-1. One, one win against the San Francisco 49ers, three losses to the Washington football team, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, our Keystone State rivals. But you know what? It is what it is. And they also have a tie to the Cincinnati Bengals, a game they definitely should have won. There's three games there they definitely should have won. But you know what? This is an injury-ridden season. There's a lot going on. COVID, injuries, guys are just not in it. But you know what? You're a professional. You got to go out there and perform. I don't care what's going on. You got to make it happen because at the end of the day, you're, you're being paid a lot of money to do what you do. So go out there and perform, right? With that being said, the birds haven't looked terrible. I know a lot of people are going to argue me on this. They're going to argue that James... Dude, the Eagles haven't played well. And I'm sitting here saying, yeah, sure, they've given up a 17-point lead against the Washington football team, a team they definitely should have beaten. But they've played well against the Steelers. And they also got that win against the 49ers. Early season woes can turn into late season success. So with that being said, Carson Wentz is finally getting his mojo back. Miles Sanders is top 15 in the league in rushing. And Travis Fulgham, ooh, baby, Travis Fulgham is a beast. He's gotten 12 receptions. He now has two touchdowns with over 200 yards receiving in only two games he's played. If that isn't awesome, I don't know what it is. And the defense, they haven't played bad. To be honest, you know, there's definitely things they could improve on. Every team has things they can improve on. But the only thing the Eagles need to do is Jim Schwartz, their defensive coordinator, needs to make smarter decisions when it comes to crunch time. And what I mean by this is when the Eagles need to blitz, Jim Schwartz plays soft. He plays coverage plays zone rather than man-to-man, and that's an issue. I love Jim Schwartz because of his aggressiveness, but as of late, he's dropped guys who typically blitz into coverage, which puzzles me. It puzzles me because that's not the type of DC he is, defensive coordinator, if you didn't know. The type of defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz has been known to be is aggressive he sends cornerbacks on blitzes he sends safeties on blitzes he mismatches guys to make sure that whatever play the offense may be running the defense is going to stop it I mean let's take a look the Eagles defensive front on paper looks like a beast right I mean a lot of teams look like they're beastie but when it comes down to it is chemistry, chemistry, chemistry. 
along with being able to play with each other, along with being able to go out there on Sunday, Monday, or Thursday and ball out the way you need to ball out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just you just need to do what you need to do. And I want to see more aggressiveness from Jim Schwartz. I want to see guys like Jalen Mills step up and be the leader that he said he was going to be. And that's really what needs to happen. I love Kavon Wallace, their young rookie safety out of Clemson. He shows a lot of starter potential and possibly star potential in the future. But right now he's only a rookie, so we're taking baby steps. I mean, when you take a look at it, Jalen Mills isn't bad. I like him as a safety more than a corner. As a cornerback, I loved his aggressiveness, but he got beat too often because of his inability to stay in control. And what I mean by this is he, when he was too aggressive, he would get beat because he would step up and go for the interception on a curl route when in reality it was a stop and go. So the receiver would run, stop, look at the quarterback, and then, boom, take off down the field on a, vert, on a vertical route, leaving Jalen Mills exposed, leaving the receiver wide open for a big play. But as a safety, Jalen Mills can be aggressive because when that ball is in the air, he can get over there and hit the receiver or tight end or whoever is down the field. Or he can become a ball hawk and pick it off or break the play up which is incredible, which is what you need from a safety. From my standpoint, the way I look at it, I like him a lot better at safety than I do at corner, only because of those three reasons. And that's all you need. And I'm glad he changed the position because with losing Malcolm Jenkins, you didn't really have the voice in the locker room anymore on defense. Of course, you had Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. But let's face it. Those guys are up front. You need a guy in the backfield, a safety or a corner, who's willing to step up and be the leader on that defense. Be the quarterback of the defense, if you will. And I just want to see more leadership from Jalen Mills. Because I know he's got it in him. But he's got to make sure he's more vocal. He's got to make sure he plays well for guys to listen to him. That's the key. If you're not playing well, sure you can be a leader. A natural-born leader. A lot of people can be natural-born leaders. But if you're not stepping up and performing for your teammates, they're not going to listen because they're like, dude, you're trying to tell us what to do, but you're not even doing your job. So you got to make sure that you play to your fullest potential to make sure that guys listen to you. That's just the bottom line. When I take a look at the defensive front, though, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift more towards the guys up front, Fletcher Cox, he hasn't performed the way that us Eagle fans are used to him performing, but it's early. You know, it's only week six, week seven. So with that, we've seen him go on tears later in the season when he's truly warmed up and able to beat guys the way he beats them the way he's done for so long. And that's what I really want to see. That's why I don't necessarily view uh, this defense as a casualty right now because I feel like there's a lot of new pieces to the puzzle. And as the season goes along, 
they're going to put those pieces to the puzzle away. They're going to they're going to put the pieces to the puzzle. They're going to complete the puzzle. That's where I'm going with this. They're going to be able to put all the pieces together and complete the puzzle. That's how I see it going. With the linebackers, they are a casualty. I don't know what Jim Schwartz was doing on Sunday lining up Nate Gary with Chase Claypool who already had three touchdowns throughout that game and ended up scoring his fourth on that play. That was just not smart. You have to make a better call. You have to make a better read. It's simple as that. But with that being said, the cornerbacks have to contribute too. They have to perform. I love Darius Slay. When the Eagles traded for Darius Slay, who came from the Detroit Lions, I was so happy. And no doubt he's a number one corner. No doubt about it. And like I keep saying, throughout this season, he will continue to get better. He will get comfortable. It's only his first year in Philadelphia. He has to get used to the system, and it will happen. Just take some time to understand that things don't happen overnight. Things take time. So be patient, and it will happen. All right? Moving along, going towards the offense, like I had said, Carson Wentz is finally looking like Carson Wentz. Some of the plays he made, some of the reads he made looked like his former self or how he plays. He's playing up to his potential. Sure, he's turning the ball over, but you have to understand he's not playing with guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones. You know, he's got receivers who he's still trying to get comfortable with. He doesn't have Deshaun Jackson out there. He doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey, right? I mean, come on. In the first game that Deshaun Jackson played, I know he's old, right? He's going to be 34 in December. But in the first game that Deshaun Jackson played as a Philadelphia Eagle coming back during his return season after not being an Eagle for so long, he had eight receptions, 154 yards, and two touchdowns. A lot of you remember that game. That was against, at the time, the Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team. And that was an incredible performance, and we all thought, wow, the Wentz-Jackson combination is going to be lethal. That connection is going to be absolutely insane. But unfortunately, Deshaun Jackson got hurt and hasn't necessarily played since. Once he returns, though, if he's fully healthy at 100%, he will be an absolute dynamite of a player because we all know what he can do. He's one of the greatest deep threats of all time. Everybody knows this. If you don't, you need to learn. You need to be enlightened because Deshaun Jackson is that guy. Alshon Jeffrey, on the other hand, he and Wentz haven't necessarily had a fantastic connection throughout their playing time together. But with his return, he'll have two guys he is comfortable with. Two guys he knows and two guys he's played with before. So that's great. That's going to be huge for Carson Wentz in that offense. He already has Zach Ertz. Ertz hasn't played particularly well, but that's because teams always match up with Ertz. They double-team him. They make sure he's covered. So I can't fault Zach Ertz for not playing the way that Ertz necessarily plays as an all-pro tight end. But when you take a look at the schemes, teams are double-teaming, almost triple-teaming sometimes. You know, you may have a linebacker in front of him on his route, and then you got a safety in a corner checking him out, making sure he's not doing anything that's going to beat the defense. 
So that leaves other guys open, such as Travis Fulgham, a receiver who was drafted in the sixth round in 2019 by the Detroit Lions, bounced around from the Lions to the Green Bay Packers and landed on the Eagles practice squad. He got called up 44 days on the practice squad against the San Francisco 49ers, caught two receptions, 57 yards, one of which was a bomb from Wentz to Fulgham that ended in a touchdown. And that sparked a connection. And Fulgham looks like an absolute beast. He is a second-year player at an Old Dominion University. And he looks like a legitimate wide receiver, NFL wide receiver, I should say. And that's huge for Carson Wentz because now he has somebody he can trust. When I took, when I take a look at the game they played last Sunday against the Steelers, Fulgham was explosive. His catch radius is pretty awesome considering he's a second-year player and a, and a six-round pick. He's a guy not too many people looked after. Not many people knew who he was, and rightfully so. So for him to explode like that is huge, not only for his confidence, but it's also huge for Wentz because now they have that connection. Wentz has somebody he can trust. Fulgham had 10 receptions. I believe it was over 150 yards. It was about 152, I believe, and he had a touchdown. Another touchdown to add. He, he was a statistical monster. That's going to be huge moving forward, and I'm really happy to see it. Because once Wentz gets Deshaun Jackson back, Alshon Jeffrey, and the rookie Jalen Rager, this team is going to start to look like the team we all thought they would be, which is going to be huge. I definitely want to see Dougie P be more aggressive. I've been continuing to say this throughout my episodes and throughout my podcast that I just want to see Doug Peterson be more aggressive, allow Carson Wentz to play his brand of football, which they have done, and I love to see it. But I want to see a little bit more of that creativity. I want to see more of that explosiveness. And, of course, with some of the receivers being out, that kind of uh, limitates some of your play-calling ability. Because when you don't have the guys out there, you're limited in who you can trust and the abilities of the guys out there. So it just makes sense. So what this Eagles team will need to do this Sunday against the Ravens, who we all know are a darn good team, led by MVP Lamar Jackson, reigning MVP, I should add. They need to contain Lamar Jackson. They need to be more aggressive up front on defense and play man-to-man coverage. I don't want to see all this zone coverage with speed guys on Ravens offense. I want to see Jim Schwartz pressure Lamar Jackson, stop the run game, and be able to contain Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. That's what I want to see. And on all offensively, I want to see Wentz not have an interception. I want to see him throw two to three touchdowns. And, of course, Miles Sanders does what he does. He's a dual threat back. He can run. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. And I want to see Travis Fulgham go off again. 
because I believe he is a legitimate NFL wide receiver. He showcased his abilities on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are a really good team and have a good defense. I mean, let's when I take another look at it, going back to Fulgham, he was manhandling Joe Hayden. If you don't know who Joe Hayden is, look him up. He's a former Pro Bowl cornerback who played for the Cleveland Browns. He was a first-round pick out of Florida, and he dominated. He was on a crappy team with the Browns when they weren't good, but he showcased his abilities, right? Now he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. He's older, but he's got a lot of experience under his belt, and he's still a formidable number one corner in the NFL. So the fact that Travis Fulgham, who nobody knows, is manhandling and beating Joe Hayden says a lot about who Fulgham is, what his potential is, and who he is, who he is as a player. And moving forward, he's going to do the same darn thing to every other number one corner out there. Alright guys, moving on. I'm going to go to NBA basketball. Yo, the season was fantastic. Pretty weird considering COVID ended it for a little while. But we got back on track. And you know what? I'm glad it ended the way it did. I know I said this in my previous podcast, but hey, listen. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers. Congratulations to LeBron James on his fourth finals, on his fourth championship. The dude is insane. They deserve it. It's for Kobe, RIP Black Mamba. It's well-deserved. We all know this. It is well-deserved. I couldn't see this season going any other way after Kobe died. When Kobe died, I was like, you know what? I want the Lakers to win. Of course, everybody knows I'm a huge Sixers fan. But when it comes down to it, you want to see the Lakers win, especially after what happened. So congratulations to them. And you know what? We'll see what happens moving forward. We got to see what happens with the draft, free agency. And taking a look at next season, there's going to be a lot of moving pieces. These teams are not looking the same. My Sixers, they got Doc Rivers as a head coach, which I love. He brings championship pedigree to Philadelphia. He brings an identity to those Sixers. He brings an identity to a Sixers team that was so lost. That looked like they were trying to find a pin, a needle in a haystack. But you know what? Like I always say, it is what it is, and everything happens for a reason. So the fact that they had Brett Brown for so long, it was time for a change, and they got it done. They got Doc Rivers, and I love to see it. So he'll bring that intensity, he'll hold guys accountable, and he'll make sure that this Sixers team is a playoff-ready team come next season. Moving along, rest of the NFL. It's a great season so far, I have to admit. I've been surprised because starting out, there were no fans. Or if there were, there weren't too many in some stadiums. But I got to say, these guys have performed. There's been some 
fantastic games played. And and also with teams that you wouldn't expect. Like I saw, I don't even know what day it was, but it was the Saints-Chargers. Chargers have not been that great of a team. Like they were led by Phillip Rivers in the past, and they were good, but they could never get over the hump. But with rookie Justin Herbert out of Oregon, that guy's looking like the MVP, excuse me. He's looking like the rookie of the year. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just looks great. He contested Drew Brees. He was going at Drew Brees. You know, they were they were swapping plays. Like, they were making things happen. And, I mean, I got to give a lot of credit to Justin Herbert and that Chargers team. Even though they lost, they put up a great fight. And it shows the potential of Justin Herbert and that team. So we'll see what happens. You know, in the rest of the NFL, it's going to be interesting, no doubt about it. It's a fun season to watch. Despite all this COVID and all this stuff that's going on, these guys are balling out, and I love to see it. As a sports fan, all you want is to watch a game that's close. Of course, if your team is playing, you want to see them blow out the other team just for your own sake. But as a as a pure sports fan, you want to see a fantastic game that comes down to the wire, that comes down to a touchdown or even three points or even a last-second field goal, something like that, because it keeps you on your toes. And with that being said, guys, thank you for listening. This has been Sadowski Sports Talk. Stay tuned, y'all. Much love. Peace. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.